Hi guys, my name is Kenny Dusso, and this is the Elite Development Podcast. The goal of this show is documenting my journey as a coach, things I see in the industry, of mistakes I see athletes make, things that I know you need to avoid. So basically, my goal is to help athletes avoid the difficult pitfalls of the world of elite performance sport and to help them reach their true potential. So if you are an up-and-coming athlete that is trying to build the career of your dreams, make sure you're following along this show. Make sure you go subscribe on the YouTube channel, on the podcast, and everywhere else you can. And now, let's get to the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Friday Q&A on the Elite Development Podcast, the number one show for athletes looking to gain an edge on their opponents and build their dream careers in sport. I'm your host, Kenny Dusso, and today we are doing a live Q&A in the free Facebook group. So if you are in the group already, make sure you are here, you're dropping questions, and we were going to get into all of them. I have a few questions lined up, and then we're going to go to the ones that drop live. If you are here elsewhere, make sure you ask me questions about the free Facebook group. Drop me a DM and ask how you can join so that you can get your questions answered at the top of the list when we do this next week. Now, the first question that came through is, can you tell me what some early signs of fatigue and burnout are? Now, this one is a really good question, and I'm excited for this one because this is something that a lot of athletes, unfortunately, ignore. And this is going to be a really good way for you to tell whether you are getting burnt out, whether you need a day off. And the biggest, so there are a couple of things I wanted to mention with this one. So fatigue and burnout. Thing number one is if you notice that you are a high level athlete, someone who loves to train, someone who's trying to make this their career, like you, you love this and you notice two to three to four days in a row that you just desperately do not want to be at training. And then even through your training sessions, you're starting to feel like, you know, you just don't want to be there. You don't have the energy. It just doesn't feel good. That's not because you're soft. That's because you're burnt out. Now, one of the things that you know one of the things that a lot of people say is like oh we all go through positives and negatives right like we all have the moments that you just feel like it doesn't you know you feel like you don't want to train or whatever and like yes of course you're going to have days where you don't want to train and that doesn't necessarily mean you're burnt out so what i want you to watch for is when you feel that in the morning that's one thing but then when you feel that all the way through the day and you feel that all the way through training that's telling me that that's your body trying to mentally be like, hey, dude, take a day off or hey, girl, take a day off. Now, the other sign of it is, you know, when someone says something to you, like they give you some information, like a coach teaches you a technique. They say, you know, throw it like this or move like that. And you take like three to four times of them saying it before you actually like process the fact that they said it. This is going to be another sign that your body's burnt out. If you can't process the information being told to you, it's not because you're stupid. It's because you're exhausted or it's because you're burnt out. And the final one is, you know, while you train, you have those nagging, like nagging injuries, nagging aches and pains and things like that, that, you know, just kind of show up from time to time. But then like the next day you're fine. Like you have like, a weird thing in your arm or a weird thing in your knee. And by the next day it feels fine. When those start to hang out for two, three, four days and not get better, it's another sign, again, that that is something that's about to turn into a problem and it hasn't healed because you're not giving yourself an actual opportunity to heal. Does that make sense? 
So those are a few of the early signs of burnout. Number one, if you can't properly process information. Number two, if you are just dreading being at training even while you're there. And then number three, if those nagging aches and pains or nagging injuries continue to bug you for days and days on end. Now, the second question I got, which uh, is also from the group, can you do strength and conditioning without lifting? So there's a couple ways to answer this. Yes, but not nearly as good as if you are lifting. And I've had a few athletes ask me this before, you know, can I do strength and conditioning without lifting weights? Or like, you know, what can I do if I don't have access to a gym? And like, yeah, you can definitely do strength and conditioning without lifting weights. Like you can, you know, do push-ups and planks and sprints and whatever. But if you actually want to get the best results, you need the best tools. It's like, can I train for an MMA fight without an MMA gym? Yeah, but you're probably not going to do very well. Like it's not going to give you nearly the same result because you're not using the tools that the other athletes are using. So my best advice for anyone in that situation who's trying to train without access to a gym, trying to, you know, just replace strength training with like, you know, body weight exercises only, you need to put yourself in a position where you can access a gym, whether that's finding a new job so you can afford a gym membership, whether that's moving so that you can be closer to a gym, like whatever it is, you just, you need access to a gym if you want to get the results that are actually going to be the highest level that you can be. If you're okay half-assing your way through your career and not making it nearly as far as you want to make it, keep doing what you're doing. If you actually want to see the results you're looking for, you need access to a gym, plain and simple. Now, the third question, this is one that I get on almost a daily basis, how much strength and conditioning do I need to do? Now, this one, again, is going to vary depending on the person and depending on what is actually involved in any of those strength and conditioning sessions. For my athletes, generally, I have them doing three sessions a week. Now, not every one of my athletes is doing three sessions a week. Some are doing less. Some are doing a little bit more. But it all depends on what you actually have built into those sessions. If you are trying to, you know, burn your body out with brutal conditioning and high reps of heavy weights, your body's not going to be able to handle a lot of that. First of all, you shouldn't be doing that. But if that is what you're doing in every session, you shouldn't be doing more than one to two really hard sessions like that a week because you're also doing your MMA training or doing your boxing training or doing whatever fight training that you are training for. Now, if you set it up properly, the reason I have three sessions a week for my athletes is because we have a primary focus of the session of the program and a secondary focus of the program. So it'll be like power and strength as an exercise, as an example. And so we're working through our power exercises. We're working through the strength exercises. And then while we do that, the focus is doing as much as we can without burning the body out for the rest of their training. So when it comes to the rest of their training, you know, I'm talking MMA training. Like the rule that I've said before is if you can't train on the same day, then you've gone too hard. You know, people take the mentality of like the more work, the better, the harder I work, the better results I'm going to achieve. But if you're doing more of the wrong shit, it's not going to make you better. You need to focus in on doing the right amount of the right shit. Now, does this mean you shouldn't be pushing yourself? No, but it means that if you're so burnt out and in pain all the time from all the hard work you're doing in your strength and conditioning, that it's taking away from your skills training, 
it's too much and it's not helping you no matter how much of a badass you feel. You get what I'm saying? Now, yeah, so to sum up that answer, two to three sessions a week is my recommendation, but take into account what skills training you've got on top of that. Take into account what your work schedule looks like. If you're working 12 hours a day outside doing physical labor, trying to add three to four to five strength and conditioning sessions on top of skills training on top of that, it's going to kill you. If you're working a pretty easy job, part-time hours, whatever, you can throw in a little bit more. But the main goal of strength and conditioning that you always need to keep top of mind is succeeding when you compete. You can you can be the hardest worker in the fucking world, but if you break your body down and you go into the competition and everything hurts and you can't perform, then it doesn't matter. And on the other side of it, you can be a very hard worker that's not concentrated on just outworking everybody. But if you come into the competition, your body's healthy, but body's strong, and you're actually ready to compete at the highest level, you're going to win. Right now, the fourth question I got, this one was a little confusing, and it was how do you maintain in the offseason? And the plain and simple answer to that, guys, is you shouldn't be maintaining in your offseason. You should be building. If you have an offseason, like you know I'm not going to be fighting for a year or six months, whatever it might be, what you need to understand is this is your time to grow. This is your time to build your strength, to build your aerobic capacity, to build your aerobic power, to put yourself in a position where you are going to be five times, ten times better off than you were coming into your last fight camp. The biggest mistake I see athletes make, one of the biggest mistakes I see athletes make, because I say that a lot, so I need to be careful. One of the biggest mistakes I see athletes make is they have their fight, and then they leave the gym for three months, and then they come back when they book their next fight. If you're serious about making this your career, it is a full-time job. And it's a full-time job on top of your full-time job. Like, this is not something that you can just half-ass fuck around, you know, kind of commit when you feel like committing. It's like, if you want to be the best, if you want to earn a living doing what you love, there's no half-assing it. Like, this is your full-time job. You can't afford to take three-month breaks after you fight and then train for six weeks before your next fight. If you actually want to succeed, the off-season is your time to grow. This is when you need a coach breaking down how to train properly so that you can build. And then by the time you come to your next fight, you don't even recognize the guy or the girl that you were coming into the last one. So guys, those are the questions that I had coming in here. Now I'm going to go to the Facebook group first because I saw one that came through. Is it worth buying an online strength training program from a reputable coach rather than not doing any strength training at the moment? Yes, 1 million percent yes. I will repeat this until I go blue in the face. You are going to be more successful with a program to follow. If you're just not doing any strength training, you are getting worse. You're not staying the same, you're getting worse. Now, if you are strength training, if you are building up your strength, your power, your speed, your conditioning, everything like that, if all you can afford right now is buying, you know, a program from a coach and not actually having someone coaching you, yes, one million times, yes, you absolutely should be doing that because you're going to make more progress using, even if it's a PDF and like not delivered well, that's going to be a step above the people who are just going into the gym every once in a while and winging it. Because again, 
you are always making progress either forwards or backwards. You are always either getting better or getting worse. And if you're not doing anything, you're not staying the same. You're getting fucking worse. So should you be buying an online strength training program rather than doing no strength training at the moment? Yes, yes, yes. One million times yes. And shameless plug, if you are looking for an online strength training program from a reputable coach, I might know a guy that can help you with that. Now, we're going to go into the Instagram stream and see if we can pull out a couple more questions. We've got a few more minutes before I got our own, so I'm going to scroll up and see which questions we got. I see Sean Strickland, the GOAT, joined us. So, uh, so hey, Sean, appreciate you. <laughs> uh, how would you structure sprint workouts, and how do you know when your power is done? So the main key structuring sprint workouts, what you've got to understand is, <clears throat> excuse me, what you got to understand is when you're working speed, the goal is to move fast. A lot of people go into a sprint training session and they're like, okay, I just got to get more reps. But if your reps aren't good, then it goes back to something I said earlier. If you do more of the wrong shit, it's not helping you. So how to structure the sprint workout? Number one is give yourself rest between sets like enough to fully recover so every rep can be explosive, fast, and powerful. And how do you know when your power is done? That's a feeling thing, right? If you're doing your seventh sprint and you're like, man, I felt sloppy and shitty and my didn't go as fast, your power's, your power's going. Either you need to rest longer between your reps or that's telling me that your speed is gone and that's the end of that speed session. There's not really a perfect way for me to say, like, you know, you should do exactly this many sprints or anything when it comes to that, because you just that's that's just it. You don't need, you know, 15 sprints to make it a good sprint session. You need explosive fast reps. So that's going to be the way to really structure it is focus on getting the good reps. And when your body's not letting you get good reps anymore, you've gone long enough. Uh, OK. I'm, Trying to see if I missed anything. Talked about the peekaboo method. Thanks for all the tips. I appreciate you. I'm 13 years old. Can you tell me some ideas to increase my strength? Lift weights twice a week, two lower body exercises, two upper body exercises. Focus on technique over actual amount of weight on the bar. Um, because people get very focused on like hitting personal bests in the gym, but unless you're a power lifter, the amount you can squat doesn't matter. And this is coming from someone who for a long time was a power lifter. The amount you're lifting doesn't matter. How you lift it matters. So again, I can't really break down techniques super well on here just because we don't really have a good vision for it, but technique is more important than weight. Two days a week. Four sets of six, four sets of eight to 10 reps, two lower body exercises, two upper body exercises. Coach, do we need iron exercises on a daily basis or not? I'm assuming when you say iron exercises, you're talking like lifting weights. No, I would go two to three sessions per week. Um, and again, you can increase or decrease that a little bit depending on who you are, of course, and depending on where you're at. If you've been lifting for years, probably four or five lifting sessions a week is fine. But if you're training for fighting and you're doing a lot of martial arts work on top of that, the goal of the strength and conditioning work is to complement the martial arts work. 
So we don't need to be doing that every day. We don't need to be burning our bodies out with it. We're just steadily working on building strength over time to complement the skills that you're developing in your classes. How do I overcome the fear of getting humiliated in first classes? And I think somebody commented right below. Yes, real fighters don't humiliate you in your first classes. Yes. If you're in a position where you're worried that like people in the gym are going to make fun of you or anything like that, that tells me you're probably in the wrong gym. Like any martial artists I've worked with or been around or anything like they love to teach and they love to help and they love to, you know, help the others around them grow. And if you're not in that kind of environment, my best advice would be try to find that kind of environment. Cause it sounds like if you're worried about being humiliated, something, something's not right. Uh, and the other thing too, man, is like block out the noise. Like who cares if you're not good when you start, you're not supposed to be good when you start, you grow over time. Um, is an hour, is an hour of explosive workouts good for strength training? Well, explosive workouts, not strength training. But also, it doesn't, don't think time limit, think exercises and think impact on the body, right? So it's like, if you haven't been strength training for a long time, you probably don't need very much before it's going to really do a lot for your body. If you've been lifting weights consistently three, four times a week for five years, you're going to need more volume on your body to continue to build strength. But the main thing, what you really want to keep in mind there is think about the goal, right? Because an hour of explosive workouts for strength training an hour of explosive workouts would be, would be better for explosive power training and an hour of lifting weights is going to be good for strength training, but it depends on what you do within that hour. Right? So don't think amount of time, think what you're actually doing within that time. Iron exercises on a daily basis or not. I've already answered that. Excited to start with you and really hit the off season. Dusty. Hell yeah. I'm excited to start with you too, man. Uh, coach, I'm five foot eight, 19 years old. Do you think it's possible for me to grow to five ten? to gripe five ten? I'm assuming that was supposed to say grow to five ten. I have no idea, dude. I don't, I, I can't tell you, I can't give you an answer to that. The one thing I can tell you from being five ten is it's not that different from being five eight. Uh, as a fighter, what would you do if someone picks a fight with you or disrespected someone that's special to you? Man, so I'll be totally honest. I am not a fighter. I am a coach. I've taken some martial arts stuff, but like any of my athletes that I work with, I can tell you anybody who like picks some things with them, they're not getting into fights on the street. They're not getting into shit like that. They're like, because if you really are tough, you don't need to show it. Fucking idiots that do shit like that on the street. They need to show they're tough, which tells me they're not that tough and tells me there's something pretty wrong going on in their lives. But also, if they're disrespecting someone that's special to you, I mean, it's a, you know, cliche thing that you've heard since you were six. But in the beginning, talk it out. If they're really if they actually start something physical with you, look, I'm not going to incite violence on anyone. But if they start physical shit with you, I'm not going to tell you not to retaliate. But the big thing is like, man, what are you going to get out of beating up somebody who's not a fighter when you have martial arts skills? That's not going to do anything positive for you. It's not going to do anything positive for them. So I can't tell you what to do there, man. And I don't know the exact situation. Um, 
hopefully it stops but yeah that's like nobody with that kind of skill needs to be proving that by beating anybody up on the street good day good day good day i run five or six days a week but i've seen so much of only having three cardio sessions a week would you be changing my routine to be more beneficial um siam yes i would absolutely not be running five or six days a week personally uh, honestly, you do not need to be running at all. I know that's going to go counterintuitive to what a lot of people tell you, but the big thing there, right, is you've got to understand conditioning is the athlete's ability to match the energy demands of their sport. So if you're a fighter, so much of that time could be spent building the strength, the power, and the speed that you need when you're actually in the ring or in the cage, instead of just mindlessly pounding the pavement, working on that long distance cardio. How often should you work on knockout power? I mean, like in your skills training, in your strength and conditioning, like what are we what are we talking about here? In the strength and conditioning, it's all about phasing the program. So we're not just, you know, we're not going to say like knockout power three times a week year round. And like, I wouldn't really call it just knockout power anyway. It's more just explosive power in the strength and conditioning, but it's all about phasing the program. You need your baseline, your strength, your aerobic capacity and power. And then from there, you build up some more power and speed. And then every, usually with my athletes, unless they're fighting, if somebody just has a year of not fighting, it would be that baseline for four to six weeks and then working on power, power and speed for about four to six weeks and then continuing to just cycle through those programs. So you should be working on it consistently, but in the strength and conditioning, it's about phasing the program through the year, not just trying to fit everything in all the time. Um, about three weeks out from your next fight, what you need is to check my profile and look for the anaerobic conditioning sessions. And you should be doing more of that instead. Um, okay. Do, do, do. All right. So guys, that is it. That is all. I appreciate you all for tuning in. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. If you've got some value from the show today, make sure to share it with a friend, share it with a teammate, share it with a coach, share it with somebody who's going to need to hear this message. I appreciate you all. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. Now, remember, information without execution is useless. So take what you learned in the show today and go figure out how you can apply it to your career to start making progress right away. My one ask of you is share the show around, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're following on all the social media platforms. The links on how to do that will be in the show notes below. And in turn, have a great day and I can't wait to see you on the next episode.